don't listen to what people say Cause you talk a lot don't really mean you know the way Out here on my grind cause I'm trying to elevate Get up in the morning, hit the ground and meditate Ready for my day, got a plan, I don't need to wait Mind clear, energy, and I'm feeling great It's a good life, it could be another way To me it's everything, never just another day Nah Welcome, Welcome to, to the No Titles Necessary Podcast. Podcast. It's your boy, Demir, Creatively Motivated. And it's your girl, Hot Toddy, model coach, entrepreneur, and fashion extraordinaire. Where we talk from the streets to politics. And the bed to the boardroom. Hot Toddy, episode three, we in the hey, building. We in what's the going building. on, Toddy? Ain't nothing going on. I'm doing really good today. Really Uh-oh. good today. I'm feeling a little like doing the salsa Uh-oh. or the merengue or something. Uh-oh. You know, I rock. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling real wild today. Okay, I feel good. I like that. I like that. How you doing? I don't know. I'm feeling good and grateful to be alive, of course. But there is a little something on my mind. Okay. I know today we're talking about things change, but things stay the same. Mm -hmm. And we won't touch this in the topic probably, but I kind of want to address it right now. There, There is something very wrong in our community where... It seems like things are changing, but things are staying the same. And these names, I hope, ring a bell for some of you. King Carter, Jada Page, James Isaiah Solomon, Master Nalton Johnson Jr., and as of this week, Elena Washington. What do those names mean? They're all victims of gun violence within our community. So, I don't know. We have to do better. Much better. We got a lot of energy going towards the police and the system, which we should. But I think we also have to yep, give that energy just in that same place. So, you know, I'm thankful and I'm grateful, but I feel like it's a lot more work that we have to do. Oh, yes. It's a lot more work and, and piggybacking off of things change, but things stay the same. You know, I also feel that way, not only about, um, you know, gun violence, but also just accountability, period, just within ourselves, just holding yeah. ourselves accountable. Yeah. I think once we hold ourselves accountable, we do better with everyone else um, around us. Yeah. So it's about self-accountability as well because, you know. Yeah, other than that, you know, it's a good day. It's good to be here. It is. Excited, it is. you know. Excited. Ready to get into this, episode three. Yes. What's, what's, the, what's the title? It's um, called Things Change, but... Things stay the same. Things change, but things stay the same. Yeah, let it ring for a minute. It hit you. It took me a minute. Yeah, it's a little tongue twister, but it gets you right. It gets you right. We're going to get get you you right right. with that title today. But before we get into the title and everything we want to get into, we want to talk about the purpose of no titles necessary. Now, I know a lot of you may be thinking, where did this title come from? No titles necessary for our podcast, right? Um, I think it's relative from our personality and our, our mindset that mm-hmm. uh Tadra explains to you what she does all the time as far as uh entrepreneur um fashion designer and model uh actress singer and so you have all these things and and myself being an actor an artist a writer you know director and things like that and and not even us talking about being mother and father and having spouses and things like right. that but I think no titles necessary was us not being boxed in by society's standards. Exactly. And being titled 
And a lot of people feel that way. Like, why do I have to? It's like once you're stuck with one title and then you jump into something else, then um, for some people, they'll look at it like, oh, well, at least you're not a one trick pony. But then you got some people like they all over the place and really know God created us to have multiple incomes of streams of income to create a life for our lives and our family. So I think with titles, you know, we always get stuck in that title and then it's kind of hard to get out of. You know what I'm saying? And even as far as the podcast, it's it, it. what you're going to hear from No Titles Necessary podcast is that we're going to talk on a array of things. Like, But it all boils down to self-help, self-love, um, the relationships we have and things like that. So um, you may hear us go from politics, the streets, as we always say, or as Toddy say. The bed to the boardroom. It's so many topics because I do think because life is based on a, t- a case-by-case basis in most situations, nobody's situation is like anybody else's, it's hard to just put a name on something or a title on something so we always like to keep it very open and we're open-minded and we like our people who are listening and our viewers and our audience who's listening to feel open enough to to be able to express something to us and we we're able to bring it back you know threefold for them some people don't have that so we just appreciate it and no titles necessary we want it to not be boxed into the titles so we don't do titles not at all (laughs) all right so there you go. That's how you got that. No titles necessary. Welcome to episode three. Right. Titled. Uh, things change, but things stay the same. But before we could get up and know, we got to get into our favorite segment as we started off, ladies and gentlemen. Talk your shit, darling. Oh, shit. Go ahead and talk your shit. Hot toddy. Tell them what. No talk your shit about. Well, I'm going to talk my shit today about the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center located down here in Miami, Florida. Okay. Okay, it is located down on 62nd Street and 22nd Avenue. A lot of you people who live in the city will recognize this building. It's a beautiful um, mural outside on top on the building. It's been there for years, over 45 years plus, and they've been running that center uh, for the inner city youth, for youth who are coming from out of town. We've had, you know, so many stories of so many youth coming out to that center and really leaving that center with so much success that now they have big names and they've created movies and they've created um they a lot of the dancers come out going right into Alvin Ailey you know there's a lot of people that come out of that center polished so the center itself is a beautiful center I know they're responsible for conservatory arts programs during the summer. They have amazing after-school care programs that they um, they use um, to build our children around the arts and culture. And um, the center is actually ran by Mr. Marshall, Marshall Davis Sr., Managing Center Director of the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center, and Teddy Harrell. He's also the center director, but he's the assistant center director of the center. And right now, actually, they are celebrating 45 years of serving Miami-Dade County with arts and cultures. 45 years. I mean, and it's it's an inner city business. And this is amazing. And they've built monuments of children that just come out of that center just amazing and um and what they're doing because out of those 45 years mr davis has been the center director for 36 years of that 36 so he out of the 45 years he is an og you shout, understand what i'm shout saying shout out to mr davis shout out to mr silver fox davis. 
we like to call him Silver Fox. You know what I'm saying? But he has been doing his thing. Him and Mr. Harold have been doing their things for years in that center. And Mr. Harold has worked in so many different areas of the theater. So I just want to big up the African Heritage Cultural Arts Center and all of their staff and all of the beautiful children that has had the opportunity to go through that center. And even if they didn't come out with a Alvin Ailey, they came out with more self-esteem that they had before they went in. So I just, I just applaud them right now for just keeping it up. And y'all say black businesses always don't make it always this but this black business has been around for 45 plus 45 years. years so let's big them up Talk thank you shit. yes hey, <laughs> did you get the information oh well yes the information they are down on 62nd street 6161 northwest 22nd avenue miami florida 33142 you can always reach out to their website at www.africanheritageculturalcenter.com and, um, yeah, once you find that information, everything you need will be there, the phone number, contact information, who you need to speak to. They also rent out spaces, and they have resident programs as well. So make sure you reach out to them and give them your business because they bout the business. Mm. Talk. Yo. Shit. So I want you to talk. Hold up. Now, before I talk my shit, now, I, I can attest because my daughter yes. has gone to the summer program at and the my Cultural daughter Arts too. Center. Yep. Yes, and it's it's. It's an experience. I tell you that they get exposed to so many things that children on a, on a daily basis don't normally get exposed to, and I think that it 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 enriches their their uh their whole process. You know, as they're going or through finding things. themselves, right. yeah. And, it, and where it's based at, like I grew up in Scott Projects, and it's right down the street. So it's mm-hmm. like I, I know how the neighborhood was, and when you think about forty five years of it being in that neighborhood, functioning at that level yep. of productivity, like it says a lot about the leadership there. Um, and, and everything that they have to offer for our community. So yeah, it's like a flower in a desert. Is yeah. you know what I mean? Perfect. perfect in a dry and barren land, there's yeah. a big beautiful yeah. flower just sitting right there. So, yeah. so I want my brother, Black Jesus, yeah. to talk his shit. All right. So when I started thinking about what I was going to talk about with talk my shit today, it brought me back to walking around in my grandma's house, and the first thing you see are the decades of family history on the wall. And so you start thinking about these things, and it's like it had to be a photographer to capture these moments. Mm -hmm. So today I want to talk about a photographer and the importance of a photographer, right? Mm -hmm. We know that a photographer can help you capture all of the important moments, you know, powerful enough not only to remind you of the event in the detail, but it can even bring you right back to the feelings, the sounds, and even the smells of the moment Mm -hmm. when you see the picture. Yeah. Right. So this photographer I want to big up today and talk your shit is none other than Joe Wesley. All right. Talk your shit, dog. All right. Joe Wesley is a well-known photographer in the South Florida region. He's the principal photographer for Legacy Magazine. He's one of the principal photographers for Vibel Models. Graduating from Florida State in photography, Joe has worked with the likes of Rick Ross, The Hungry Black Man, and even Dwayne Wade. Joe started Joe Wesley Photography in 2012. Joe Wesley Photography and its extensive portfolio specializes in its editorials, family portraits, fine arts, fashion, advertising, special events, and, and wedding photography. Joe Wesley says on his website, I am surrounded both by natural beauty and interesting people. I use my camera to document the world and then print images with the focus on the magic I find in daily life. My pictures tell my stories, end quote. So if you want to book and check out Joe Wesley work, you can go to JoeWesleyPhotography.com. That's Joe, J-O-E, Wesley, W-E-S-E, 
W-E-S-L-E-Y Photography.com You can check him out also on Facebook at Joe Wesley Photography LLC On Instagram at Joe Wesley One Word And then you can call him at 305-968-3923 Again that's 305-968-3923 Yes, yes I do agree Photos, you know There was this guy I knew, he was very depressed one day and his life wasn't going the way it wanted, he wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't you go back and look at some of the photos that you've taken when in your happiest moments and think back to what made you happy in that photo and try to recapture that in your current life so you can see what you're so blessed and, and, and happy for. You know what I'm saying? That's and that's what photos do. They create a moment, and they create a, a, a feeling of, um, like I said before, nostalgia of knowing, wow, look how far I've come. Right. Look, look where I am mm-hmm. versus, you know, look at my children and how much they've grown. It kind of brings you back to like, wow. Yeah, we have one of those wall, one of those type of walls in our house where you could just, it's, it's, a, it's a chronicle of everything since our children have been born, mm-hmm. the people that's in our lives mm-hmm. and things like that. And you're able to go back and be like, oh, my gosh, I remember that exact moment, what was going on at that time. So, like, it, mm-hmm. pictures are very powerful, and I think we need yeah. to. Uh, we need to do it. We need to. And, and it was even better when it was out. And when it was easier to photograph, like you were happy to go down there and just, you know, get your pictures, mm-hmm. you know, they, they developed and, yeah. you know, you drop your little film off to Walgreens, uh, you no, know. And, and back in the days, I think, <laughs> what the Erica, they was going to 163rd. What? They was going over there to the mall. Or 79th Street by Liberty City and USA Market. You'd be like, let me drop my film off, girl, because you know we had that roll camera. They got them backgrounds. You know, them roll cameras we used to have back in the day. We got to get them Polaroids. Yeah, but the disposable cameras, yeah. the uh, the one you click and it, it roll right out. Like you got to hold up, girl. Let me, let me wave it hold off on, real let me quick. Wave let me it wave it off. Blow real it, quick. girl. Blow it. You know. So I just appreciate photographers, and thank you so much, Joe, for what you do in capturing moments. Appreciate you. <laughs> All right, now we're about to get into this. We're about to get into the main topic of the day. Things change, but things stay the same. It's about Ooh. that time, Toddy. You ready for this? <laughs> It's about that time. It's yes, about I'm that ready. time. It's about that time. It's about that. 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 Hey, y'all already know what time it is. It's time for us to get into this main topic. And today's title is Things Change, but Things Stay the Same. Things Change, but Things Stay the Same. So we're going to go ahead and get right up into this right now. So what do you think about this, Toddy? Things Change, but Things Stay the Same. Like when I first heard of that, a song came to my mind. I don't know if you remember the old Ace Hood song. Same Sing old it. shit. Just a different day. Hey. Out here trying to get it. What? Each and every way. Hey. I can't remember the hey. words. But I'm going to keep on hey. going. Remix, hey. remix, 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 remix. Hey. But it, it, it's the, you know, it's the, it's I thought of Tupac. Mm. Things, the, things will never be the same. Mm. It's just the way it is. Things will never be, be the, the same. same. Oh. That's what I was thinking. Okay. You know. Same shit, different day. Much. Ain't nothing changed. Yep, but the circumstances around you. What 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 do you okay, so when when what what thought triggers in your brain when you first hear that thought? Like I know the song titles may draw somewhere, but like what do you think as far as society what can we identify as it looked like it's changed, but it's still the same? Oh, okay. So just um I do I I, I believe that that's sincerely has to do mostly with the political realm of our world like um 
you know, I know we've had many topics, many discussions. We've seen it on many different um, pedestals where they're talking about how things change and how we're somewhat unequal in a right. way. And um, the promises that were made to our people, you know, right. along the way. So those things trigger in my mind. But originally it was always um, I'm so I try to be so self-aware that I, I feel like people don't really change to their core. It's the things around them that forces change. Mm. But ultimately, they're the same person. They're just changing to fit in with what society puts us in or our jobs or our children, our wives, our husbands, our lives. It kind of makes us become someone else, but we're really to the core who we are. Right. So basically, you're talking about in the institution hasn't changed. And then as individuals, we haven't changed. Right. Like one of the instances I think about when I'm thinking about things change but things stay the same is sad to say it's the it's the black church is one of the most strongest thing in America the black church and the black woman we know this but mm -hmm. it's it, I think we've gotten comfortable with the bigger buildings mm -hmm. but less power to operate on in in the community yeah. so like when you think of when Christianity mm -hmm. was given to us as far as um, during the slavery times it was to uh, it wasn't to spiritually empower us. It was to make us mentally enslaved. Right. So when you got uh, scripture like obey your slave masters and things like that, which you bring out of context, but you gave it to the slaves to try to whip them mentally. But I think even in that instance, like looking at the church nowadays, it's kind of like, where's the power going? Is is there really any change going on inside of the church? I've, you know, people try to make change and create change. Right. Uh -huh. But I think being a pastor may be one of the hardest jobs on the face of this earth because you have to convince people that they are, um, you know, something that they may at some point in their life believe they weren't. You know, they have to be um, promise makers and and God changers. And they're responsible for your spirituality when deep really you're responsible for your own spirituality. But they're ordained or they're put in a position where their past you know their pastoral right to you is to bring some type of solace in your mind and comfort and spiritual comfort and you know it's a big job for a pastor so I do believe a lot of them go into that most if not you know I can't say all of them because I've seen a few that ain't so you know <laughs> but a lot of them do go in with the with the mentality of change they want to change the community, but the, the community is so broken and it's so and it's trying to change the the um, narrative of what used to be and bring it to a current state. But the Bible is the Bible, you know, so it's kind of like, you know, they're you stuck it, in a way. From when you look at the, the conception, I don't want to say the conception of Christianity because we could go all the way back right. to Ethiopia. We go all the way over in Africa and things like that. But as far as where it comes to America and the black community and the church we know why it was given to us right mm -hmm. but then there was a type of evolution and transformation throughout the civil rights time where you had right. these powerful preachers and people being able to come together right? Right. right 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 but i think we looked at it at that point and i think people coveted the position of pastor mm -hmm. but they didn't have the the desire to help the people mm -hmm. you get what i'm saying it, so you want a position it. for the power Right. But you don't want to use that power to change nothing in the community. That's like a pastor wanting to be a pastor just to get up in front of a congregation, just just to be, be able to speak. And speak. Just, just yeah. talk. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's a change in the 
mentality because back then the church during the civil rights movement the church was the actual the safe haven mm-hmm. for all the people who were right protesting. and it's what got them through a lot of that's what the messages times. came through that's right. where the plans were coming and that's like, how they got that when they were someone's about to escape like for instance they'll be singing a song you know oh yeah and the talking slave about the masters negro were, right negro spirituals like yeah. hymns and all of that mm-hmm. that's where it comes from talk about the history you know, of them hymns you know educate our people listen most of y'all don't realize that the hymns were were not just songs they did to make them feel good, but when you heard those hymns back in those slavery times, that those are those are encoded messages, whether it be for an escape, whether it be for a certain destination to go to, where so, someone was, you know, you know, if they're talking about something over the hill, you listen because it's right. like, wait, okay, this might be something that they're saying. So, um, you know, yeah, to go all the way back, we weren't there, right. but we we can always trace back history. And, um, you know, those who have spoken on history and how it has become and developed over time there, you know, I can't say that every pastor has gone into that position to be that. But I know some of them have gone in good, just good people. Yeah, you can't throw a blanket statement on everybody. Just good people. And those people try to create change to brokenness. But brokenness is something that it comes from within and it has to be fixed from within. And, you know, like staying on, on religion as far as things change, but things stay the same. Like even with the within the black community, everybody need to realize how complex our situations is. Yeah. And you have a big divide between the Christian brother and the Muslim brother mm-hmm. or what we used to say back in the days, the Malcolm argument and the Malcolm, um, yeah. the Martin, the Martin, the Malcolm argument. So you had this you got the peaceful and then you got the warrior. But see, what I think people fail to realize, even in the midst of that, is that we're both. We are peaceful warriors. Yes, you have to because you got prayer warriors. Where do you think prayer warrior come from? Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, they have they put the word warrior standing in. The, there are songs that talk about standing in the battle. Don't wait for the battle. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Right. You know, we're coming in. We're going to win. That's a warrior song, point blank, period. We letting you know we're we not waiting. We're going we gonna to come at you right now, and we're going to fight. The way, it, it was the way that the the method and how you fought. Like, mm-hmm. peaceful protest, that's a that's a method of fighting. Yeah. Whereas the Muslim and the, and the Malcolm um, ideology may be like, hey, we're going to walk, like, pretty much similar to the Black Panthers. We're going to come. We're going to have our arms. We're going to be militant. We're going to be disciplined. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. both are beneficial and they are needed in this place mm-hmm. during particular times. So, Like um, we were saying the other day, yeah, I'm a Christian, but you can still get these hands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that kind of thing. It's like, yo, I don't forget where I come from. Don't forget where I come mm-hmm. from now. I come from somewhere that wasn't always the prettiest, but because I was there, I can speak and testify on that. Mm-hmm. And hopefully bring somebody else out of the trenches. But just so you know, you can still get these hands, even though right. I'm a Christian, because it's only so much that, right. you know what I'm saying? But as a unit, the reason why I brought up the church in the first place, because I think as a unit, as far as uh, Christianity or Christians in itself as a community, I think um, it's reverted back to its use from when it was given during slavery right to make you, you more docile right yeah, to be docile softens you, yeah right or softens you or it mutes you it takes your voice away or you're inactive in the community so you're starting to see that and a lot of people are, are starting to be in an uproar about that as far as the church because the church is basically where a lot of the community give their money to whether it be through tithes and offerings and and now you got a lot of community leaders saying hey we need y'all to actually come out and be active within the people so when you think about Things change, but things stay the same. Let me read this to you. Let me see what you say. Mm-hmm. People who fail to learn history are doomed to repeat it. People. I believe that. 
Uh huh. People who fail to learn history are doomed to repeat it. And and learned is a big word because in learned there has to be something taught. Mm. So um, a lot of us unfortunately were not exposed to a lot of learned behavior. So you have those who are acute enough to learn. I mean, astute enough to learn. They they are able to pick up, learn, pick up, pick up, pick up, and figure it out, right? Then you got some that don't. And you have people that look up to others to teach. Mm-hmm. So we need both. We need learners and we need teachers. But I think that, right? that that's taking but that's taking accountability off what you said earlier, self-accountability. And even when you look at things like the word, when it says study to show thyself approve right so that's not just toward a bible but that's toward every aspect every aspect like, i agree you need to study the history people study the history Go ahead. Yes, I, I agree that. i agree and and you know just but but i guess my piece into it is that yeah you can i'm not saying don't learn mm-hmm. i'm not saying don't research but i am saying there is so much you can learn just sitting there too having a conversation, learning, and then you go and do research to see if it's true or whatever. Yeah, those kind of things, yeah. But I also think what were our parents to us? What were our teachers to us? What were our uncles to us? They were teachers. Whether they sat us down and talked to us about when you see that police come, I don't care what you say, you say yes, sir, and whatever. whatever. They are teaching us because we had probably never been exposed to that. Right, we haven't, but if like but okay, you so get what, what you're I'm saying, saying, but you're saying teach, but or learning through experience, learning through experience, That's or through sometimes. or through. Well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is, you have you have a group of people that are responsible for a group of people, right? So if I'm I'm in school, I have ten fifth fifth graders, right, and I'm teaching history. I'm teaching fifth graders history. Their parents may not be able to teach them that. They don't have the spark and they have to have a spark in their mind that teaches them to kind of learn further mm-hmm. based on what was they were exposed to in that moment. And I'm only I, I, I'm trying to get people into my head sometimes because um, there's a lot of times I, I feel like I may have been guilty for that or feeling like because I didn't know something, it was my fault. And then but if I had never been exposed to it and finally when I am exposed, then now it's my my fault to it's my job to be more you held accountable, accountable once you know. Once I know. Once you, know. you get what I'm saying? So yeah. if I had gone my whole life without knowing, like in some of these states, you, you hear a lot of white people say, I've never seen a black person in my life. True. How oh, would I yeah. have known yeah. if I had never met one what to do? Yeah, I actually you grew up like saying? that. Most of us grew up like that in all black like schools, all and black then you go off to college, and then... You see like, these Germans, and you're like, oh, I only thought it was one kind of white person. What's up with or, all these snowflakes around okay. yeah. Or you could say, hey, I only thought white people was white. I didn't know they spoke other languages. I didn't know right. they had white Germans and white Irishmen and or black Irishmen. Here's a, here's the great thing about what you said about the exposure part and being taught, right? So... Before the Brown versus Board of Education, before the whole desegregation, when they started bringing the schools together, Mm -hmm. when you learn the history, there's a fear of the black child and the black community Mm -hmm. and and even the black man. But that comes from the adolescence education. So before there's a desegregation, our children were being taught real history. They were being taught not a dumbed down education, but they was actually being challenged to where. Right. 
And so people be like, well, we got it better now with the way the school system is. And I, and I, I, I try to tell people like, well, if you look at history before desegregation, before civil rights movement, before uh, all these things, look at all the things the black people have created and invented. So, so we couldn't have been that dumb. And think about this. Think about this. Like what you said before that time, you were taught pretty much the truth. And then somewhere along the way, it sh- it sh- it shifted, right? Mm-hmm. But it's taken away. It's it, hitting. It's hitting. It's but hitting. the thing is, you were not you per se, but yeah, people. Some people were exposed to that kind of knowledge off rip. Mm. So that's why I tell young people now: if you listen to what an old person got to say, a lot of what they say start making sense in your everyday life if you just listen. Because a lot of times there were a lot of people that went through stuff we never saw before. Or they'll say, well, yeah, we done seen this before. Yep. Look like we're going into another Great yeah. Depression. Or, yep. <laughs> Hold on, what you yep, said? Yeah, wait. Cycles. Uh-huh, yeah, those cycles. Cycle and based on how it was delivered the first time or to whom it was delivered and what happened to that information once it was delivered. Because some people get that knowledge and be like, okay, yeah, granddaddy, I heard you. And they sit on it. True. Until a moment happens to them, and then they're like, "All right, oh shit, wait, this is what Granddaddy was talking about." Wait, right? Well, what is that information becoming alive in that moment? Probably? It becomes alive. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes alive. like a a, a a mirage of things just come, like not a mirage. Um, what do you call it when uh deja vu, so to speak? Oh. It's kind of like, dang, I've seen this before, I've heard this before, mm-hmm. and then you start tracking back to where you've heard it, and then now it's all starting to come together and make sense, and then that's when you become more aware. More, more curious, mm-hmm. more, um, more prone to want to right. learn more yeah, and really yeah, dig. Yeah. And now I gotta see where this is. Yeah. And oh hell no, I know they ain't saying we three fifths of a human. Oh hell right. no, I know we didn't. Oh hell, and Get then you have that. all these hell no moments that yeah. come to a hell fuck no, nah, I ain't dealing with this shit. And then that's what happens. Mm. All over time, you get a lot of these old hell. Oh no, he didn't. Uh uh-uh, uh, no uh. That's not true. And then bam. Would you say that's kind of truth the, the, and knowledge right there in your face? Would you kind of say that that's kind of along the line where the more you learn, the more you don't want to know? Oh yeah. Because it's kind of like yo, the more I find out about the history, like things, and the like more when, dangerous you become. Right. We, yeah. And you don't want to share it because then you're seen, you're yeah. you're labeled as crazy or weird or how yeah. they can't believe this. And like, yo, if you just yeah. read and enrich yeah. your mind, like you'll be able to yeah. see this stuff for yourself. Do you remember that song? Not to cut you. You remember that song by CeeLo Green? Which one? On, I remember man. when I remember Ooh. I remember Ooh. when I lost my mind. Hey. It was something so special about that day. That you know, let me tell you something. That song, if you really listen to it, he's saying some shit. Always. And it's like, I remember when, I remember when I lost my mind, it was something so special about that day. It's like he, it's like when he woke up. It was an to, epiphany. To what everybody thinks was crazy. Right. It was the real thing. Mm-hmm. And he woke up to so much. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Maybe I'm crazy, but hey, yep. I'm staying with this shit because I believe in it now and this is what it is and I believe this. Yep. And now it makes sense. And that's crazy because I think, Ava DuVernay's 13th um, mm-hmm. documentary, I think that did it, it validated a lot of people's arguments from decades before mm-hmm. when they kept saying, we're still in slavery. We're yeah. still enslaved. And everybody was like, shut up. We got civil rights. Shut up. You know, we got all these rights. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you really look at the 13th look Amendment. Slavery is in this country. Yeah. So it's like, why would they put that as an item line within the amendment? But then you go to the thing, what you said with the three-fifths. You can't expect for all civil rights when they don't even consider you a citizen. They don't even want to even acknowledge compare you. us yeah. to a human. Right. It's like, are you freaking it's kidding me? It's written in the and law. And we are here and in your damn face mm-hmm. running shit. 
Yep. And and have businesses and yep. have children who are like, I mean, it's like really. So you don't want to, and we could do shit better than you sometimes. What what wait what? You know, so it, it's um a big big deal, and that's why I say you know it's it's hard to. You know, I've seen so many people with a lack thereof, you know, so they don't know. It's like a clear, I don't know. But it was once you do know what you do with that. The reason I could give you that with I don't know, because so much of our history has been hidden from us. Yeah. Right. And and we don't want to believe it. We, either we've done a bad job at passing that history down as far as in our family. You know, when you find out certain things that our ancestors, our great great grandparents have went through, like we're not too long out of slavery. People no, keep forgetting that. No, like my dad was actually in slavery. My dad was eighty two when he passed away in two thousand seven. Whoa. Yeah. So yeah, he was fifty four when I was born, when I was just a little buckshot in, in that in that nut sack. Yeah. That kind of remind me of going to Quincy, <laughs> Florida. Um, to see my grandma, and you get off of I-10 in Quincy, Florida, and anybody know if you're around Tallahassee and Quincy, they still got live cotton fields out there. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm like, even if you're driving a homestead. On? If you're driving a homestead, yeah. they have cotton fields off to the right of you. You almost down in Florida City. Mm-hmm. You'll see it. it. Even even outside of the cotton fields, you can go to certain parts in, in certain cities, in, in, in states, in, um, I mean, cities within Florida, and you can walk into a gas station and see some white man chewing a piece of straw looking at you like, uh, where they at, though? You're not supposed to be you here. You ain't supposed to be here. And I'm like, okay, I don't need no gas. Right. I'll be all right. Right. And, and that's the crazy it. thing. Cause you know? We think about um, things change, but things stay the same. A, a mm-hmm. quote came to mind. It said, a lot of big changes may seem to be happening, but in reality, nothing important has changed much at all. And so you think about that with as far as civil liberties, you think about even as uh, the liberties of, of felons being able to vote again. You know, yeah. last yeah. last election, we voted for them to get their rights back to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. And then now they have another one. Here we go. We talked about the 13th. Now, within this same amendment of giving felons their rights, they say, oh, there's a clause in here now. They can't have all of their rights back until they've paid all of this back. So all the restitution fees, you, all probation fees and things like that. You know, that pisses me off because most of the men that's in there or most of the felons that's in there ain't do shit. And the women. You and women. Mm-hmm. Y'all, they haven't done shit. Right. So you held them in that prison for so long without a life. They don't even know what technology is anymore. They don't even know how to adapt in this society. You have stripped them of their whole life, the, their, the, the main years of their life. Right. You no, know, and, and here's the thing. It, that's all boils down to us thinking things have really changed no, when you think, changed. oh, we're free. We have liberty now or we have desegregation now. Now we could go. We could drink at that white water fountain or we could go into that restaurant. Not not thinking all along that it's a setup. Yeah. And, and see, and that pisses me off because you can have a Cuban come off the water, wet foot, dry Ooh, foot policy. Talk about it. But you can and they can just touch the sand and they're they human and they're citizens. They're citizens. They have to. They're a citizen. But, but then, a Haitian, but, a, but a, Haitian a Haitian try to jump off the boat oh, and get Oh, they're sending you right they back. You right okay, back. but no, a, a Cuban can jump off the water and touch the sand and have money already funded yep. for them in an association. Yep. Allocated it for Allocated, yep. ready, bam. Yep. All we need is to take a picture of you. Yep. You take that paper down to the bank and they're going to give you $500 and you get a visa and blah, blah, blah. But a Haitian person mm-hmm. cannot have the same law. They get down here and they like, well, shit, this just like Haiti. And then, and then on top of that, but a black man or a black woman can come out of prison or whomever, a, a prison uh, inmate, right. can come out of prison. That should be considered free 
the moment you step out they paid their debt to prison. society yes their debt is paid it's paid it's, and it's supposed to be a rehabilitation place yes. you make them feel like they wish they were back where they came from because they come out with nothing and you what a hundred dollars i forget what they used to give them what does that sound like that when sounds slavery, like slavery ended y'all go ahead on they didn't have anywhere to go so what happened no, okay no. y'all could come back and stay on the plantation mm -hmm. but you just have to work for your feet mm -hmm. It's the same And then you thing. working in prison. For, for pennies. For, for a job that you might not be able to get when you get out. You get your Ooh. diploma in there. You get your, you could probably you get, get a degree yep. in there. You get technology uh, uh, um, classes. You get trades. Um, trades. Mm -hmm. And you get all this. But guess what? As soon as you get out, nobody's going to hire that, you. Hey, are you a... Have convicted you ever been felon. arrested? Are you a convicted felon on your application? Your ass is out of gas. Unless you got somebody who done been there before, amen, going to give you a chance to say, I got you, bro. I know your struggle. Come right on in. I got a job for you. And and now that we, 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 we're identifying how the system works in cycles to put us back in the system, right? Like you, you could go to the crack cocaine epidemic that mm -hmm. if you get caught with crack, you're going to get a higher sentence, mm -hmm. but it comes from the same substance, mm -hmm. opium. Right. So, right, but we know that the the cocaine is more in the affluent oh, areas, yes. suburban areas. The crack is more in the inner city. So yeah. you have little things like that. So let me ask you this question as far as that. Do you feel that there are people who prey on other people's weaknesses? Yes, I absolutely do. I know they do. They, 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 it's just like, I, I say it because I've not only been a victim of that, once or twice because a bitch like me catch on quick but i have seen it so much where people just take advantage of you just because they can do you think that's just and they become masters at it just like you become a master at anything you do more than once so that's that you become good at it right. and once you become good at it you say well what if i did it for this and what if i did it for that or what if i did 30 of these in one week and what if I did 45 of these in two days? It's like it becomes a, a, a borderline addiction and it becomes a, a lifestyle at some point. Mm. And it's your job to use somebody that day or take advantage of somebody today. I like how you put that, that um, there are people with the mentality and the drive to wake up just to manipulate people. Yeah. Right. They wake up, and they watch people, <laughs> they'll sit outside the house, <laughs> see what time they leave every morning. And they like, okay, well, this person leave every morning at eight o'clock. They come back mm -hmm. by five o'clock. When, and when they leave, I notice they only turn the bottom lot when they leave. So that mean they, they're going to be, they going to, I could go in through the, you know, and rob their ass and nobody will never know. And ladies and gentlemen, we're just not just talking about robbers or politicians oh, or the government. Man, we're talking about somebody who potentially trying to court you. Exactly. You know, Sleeping trying to manipulate. You. What was that movie that just came out on um, um, with Tyler um, Perry? Grace. Oh, Grace. What the, the he preyed on the older yes, older woman. Yes. Was it great Grace? Was it Grace? Face. Fall, Fall from, from Grace. Grace. Fall oh from yeah. Grace. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know they was talking about them wigs, baby. But let me tell you something. That was a good story. The story was. The storyline was amazing. Right. The acting was good. Because, bro, man, yo. Yeah, I didn't see that. They did. I didn't see it until it came. Like, when it happened, it was like, oh, shoot. And yep. then to find out that uh, mama, Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad was so I Felicia sweet. That That's role. why you, I'm telling you. And you know what? My mom used to say, you know, sometimes people just can't help what they look like. So you can't always judge them based on what they look like. Because sometimes yeah. you could be looking mean in the face and be the sweetest thing on the face of this earth. But you could look as sweet as pie and be the most cunning person in the world. Working in the bank taught me that. Right. 
you would see somebody and they the most if you ever see a, a con artist they so nice oh, yeah. we, we see it all the time in the theater they're and so film nice. world oh yeah oh, they so be... nice hey don't, hey don't touch me right. hey yeah. <laughs> yeah don't touch me okay and here's the crazy thing so we identified that yes people do prey on other people's weaknesses but on the other aspect of that, sometimes what we think is a weakness is not a weakness. Other people make us feel like it's a weakness. They make you feel like that. Or they make you feel bad that you don't think that way or see things a certain way. Or because you have a certain skill set or you do stuff a different way. Or you have a certain amount of success. Or, mm. oh, you know, oh, you, oh, oh, so now you too good for me. Or, you know, and, or, you know they try to guilt trip you. And it's yeah. like, mm, no, you know. And um, I, I have a real problem with people like that. I really do. Ooh. Because people like that are very dangerous. Very. And they know because they they have a skill in knowing people. They sit and read people all day. They read I know people a guy who all actually, day. They observe and He said he, he would sit at a restaurant at least twice a week and just watch people for hours. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, that's kind of weird. But I get it. No. I get it. I did it. I did it for acting. Like, because yeah. some some people are method actors yeah. and they just get into it. They got to live on the street. They got to sleep on the street to feel like a bum. Keep a ledger. Yeah. I ain't got to do that. I ain't yeah. sleeping on those. I ain't. <laughs> uh, now, that even if you got relationships in the roles, they kind of say, like, don't cross the line with your real spouse or whatever, but you kind of have to interact in the way that you you are spouses with each other. So, yeah, Yeah. I get that in the aspect. But some people are living this thing a little too real. Yeah, they're doing it. And see, my thing is I can sit there and just watch people and get the movement, get the, you know, get the understanding of what that is. But some people actually live that life. They sit there, they observe, and they read people, and they get so good at it till they say, all right, just like any training, I'm going to try my first one. Mm. And they try their first one and it works because I think once it works, you're going to want to go back in. When it doesn't work, you're going to try to go back. So would you say the government has gotten overly confident with preying on the black community? Oh, yeah, they bold. They they because they can be they the government. But that doesn't give them an excuse because if you look around the world in most places. Yeah, I know you're not. Yeah, I'm not. I know you're not giving them an excuse. But what I'm saying is. It seems in America we're more afraid of the government than the government is of the people. And the reason I say that, when you look around the world, when you see riots and uproars happening, when people want real change and not just that what we call uh, pandering, which we'll get to in a second, that whole pandering thing, um, it's an uproar. They yeah. they make a statement. We kind of seen that with uh, in Minnesota when they burnt down the three police stations. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, right after that, the, the officers got arrested and stuff. So it's kind of like you got to go to the extreme in order to get change, real change to happen. To the extremes, but let me tell you something about this government of ours. The government have a way of sticking the man where the man at. So that's why the man got to be a little smart. Um, mm. Because the government have power to shut down your phone. Yep. They have the ability to take and take everything out of the bank. They have the ability to do whatever they want to get you. So a lot of people do get a little afraid because sometimes they like, okay, well, I got $8,000 in my savings and I got by $45,000 in this account. I got by eighty five, and the bank ain't going to let me take $45,000 out of this bitch today. So what's up? And they come in when you least expect it. So government has so much power. They could tap your lines. They could find out where you at and, 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 and create a buzz and call the police on you. And you think that you find, oh, no, GPS say he right here. Get his ass. It's, they have so much power over our numbers because our numbers are growing in the in the uproar world where we just getting tired and want to go get back. But it's so many moles 
in the government too. Mm. It's moles. It's people right in our community that sold us out. That's just helping them understand our culture, helping them understand the ins and outs of this community. So when you create a mole in a system that's broken already, they can they look at us and they figure us out. Right. Okay, they say, well, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I can't come into the community and just figure it out. But they got, we got to find Debo that's gonna do it, and then Debo will come back and tell us everything. It's kind of like government informants. You have them for police. We've seen yeah, it all in the civil rights movements. All, all, all most of our powerful leaders in the community was taken up by a mole, by a mole. somebody on the inside, somebody that came in, observed you mm-hmm. over and over again, found what was important to you. Oh, family. You know, religion, whatever, then let's pray on those things that he care about and love about, and then let's get his ass. Okay. And that's, I think, the you know, once they figure out a way in, once they got a way in, they get somebody who in to figure everything else out. And once they got that, the, it's everything else is going because they already got the other power. They could take anything they want. They could stop our cars. All the cars are electric now. They could stop our cars. They can... They can track us back off Facebook if they want to, our last post. Mm-hmm. You name it, they can find it. And, so what's and, stopping yeah, them from getting an informant? And I think that's what leaves our people in a, a very discouraged place mm-hmm. because it's like every time we try to start something, every time every time we try to do something for ourselves, it gets shut down. Shut down. So you got things like the Harlem Renaissance. You got mm-hmm. things like Black Wall Street in Tulsa. You got Aubrey Avenue. You have, and what we know here in South Florida, Overtown. I, Overtown was the... Oh, no, you mean... Do you mean Overton? Oh, oh, oh. oh. They even unchanged oh. the way you pronounce Listen, that shit. When they threw that highway over there, that was very intentional to say, we're going to shut down mm-hmm. what they're doing because more of white America was coming to Overtown than oh, they yeah. was going to the beach. Yep. And Brickle, right? Brickle, right? Yeah. This, they, they weren't going across the beach. No, they was coming right over there. They wanted to hear some jazz. They wanted to, <clears> they wanted to take in the culture exactly. and then later infuse it in their cuisine and, and call it fusion. Out. Call it fusion. Southern cuisine, fusion. Mm. Oh, no, that fusion, a.k.a. means stolen. Right. That's what it means. Right. Anytime you hear fusion in a, in, in a restaurant or menu or whatever, they done stole some shit. Yep. They done went to another country, and I'm going to take my white American rice, and I'm going to infuse it right. with Asian I'm spices. I'm going to give it my flavor to it. <clears throat> I'm going to infuse it with southern fried chicken and da-da-da-da-da. They're infusing. They're, they're putting our ideas into their menu and mixing it in with what they already have. But that's that's been, here we go again. Things change, they but things stay the same. same. We yep. have been vital in creating this country as far as the inventions. Yes. I don't care if you're talking about the stoplight, the cell phone battery, everything. everything. So you hear Eric in the background, everything. But the thing, how they twisted it on us and they manipulated it out of us was through something called the patent office. Oh, yeah. And and they got the money to actually fuel the idea Mm -hmm. and make and birth it. Well, not fuel it. They have the money to buy it from the people who actually put it put in the work for it but sometimes they're not even buying it sometimes you can have the shit and you could be a african-american that created some shit and and i because i ain't gonna even lie to you it's a lot of stuff i created and i'm like they done stole the idea and now they doing it and you you sound crazy because you done seen something on tv and you like they done stole my shit people looking at you like you ain't made that shit first right (laughs) you know it's like bitches i did you know but it's like you see that all the time they don't always do that they all they have to do is change one thing and it's theirs one thing that's it if it say five buttons they put four buttons on that bitch it's theirs once they got the patent that's it but they get it there first Mm -hmm. 
then it's there. So even when it comes to making real change, we know that things change, but things stay the same. But for us who want real change to happen, a lot of us will say, yeah, we got to invest in our community. We got to get involved in the politics. We got to do all these type of things. But then at the core of the whole argument, the system itself it's is oppressive. It's corrupt. It's like, so what do you want me to do? Yeah. It's kind of like Dave Chappelle when he was talking about Martin. He was like, listen, I know these people. These are strong people. Maybe Hollywood is a little bit sick. A little bit. But that's the, just the way how he put it in a very eloquent way. So we started to think about it. It's like one of the greatest quotes that most people overlook from Dr. Martin Luther King when he was talking about integrating his people into a burning burning um house. Mm-hmm. He had done for his whole life to integrate us, to end the uh the end segregation. And then he found out at the end of the day, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. I, I done led these people Gosh. to the fire. What was I thinking? Burning bed. What was I thinking? You know, that's why everybody needs to watch 13th. 13th, and you need to read up you on the Black Wall 13th Street, And too. walk, read up on Black... Because it is so much knowledge. Let, let me tell yeah. you something. Just when you think you've heard enough or knew enough, you actually get exposed to much more. And that's yeah. what I was saying. Ladies. After you know what you've, what you've been exposed to, it's like, damn... Do I want to know more? Like I, I think, yeah, I get what you're saying because that that exposure helps you identify in your life. So you're able to identify not in your life personally, personally all the time, but it may be somebody related to you, and yeah. you're able to say, "Damn, damn, that sounds sound like my, my cousin, shit, exactly. yeah, my auntie." Yeah, exactly. Like, oh shoot, that shit really, like, oh, so that shit really did happen, right. you know? And you know, because it's like an epiphany, and that's why I say sometimes when you know more, you're better. Mm-hmm. But, but. I was watching that thing and I was like, yep, heard about that. Mm-hmm, nobody, oh, damn, I didn't know about that. You know, it's so many things that you just, and, and sometimes you know it, but you don't have a name for it. Right. Or sometimes you've been through it, but you're like, well, what is that called? I can't identify can't with identify. You know, until it actually becomes. Or somebody identifies it for you. Right. Oh, no, girl, you know what that is? That's so and so. And you be like, I knew I wasn't tripping. Oh. I knew it. Okay. And then, it, so then you start feeling better. Knowing that you're not alone. Because I think when you jump, when you decide to jump, you by yourself. Mentally, any, like, no, like, um. Erica, Erica got a question Erica over here. Question? What, Erica? It's for hope. In general. Oh, okay. So when learning this, this information, right? Mm-hmm. Can someone say it's a gift and a curse? Because once yes, that's what, that's what we're talking that's about. That's what we're like, saying. You, know, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. But you can't unsee and, it. And you so can't unsee like it. Can't. True. You can't yeah. unsee it, but and it's like, yeah, and, and it seems oh, like, oh it's, my God. yeah. So, so you don't want to see a certain person this way, but it's like I'm not seeing you like that, but I'm seeing what you are part of. So you may be the one good apple out of the bunch, but what you're associated with, I'm so exposed. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Right, and you can't go back to a, a, a decision that you would have made before. You can't make it again. Yeah, because you don't get like, that chance it again. You, it puts you in a place where, damn, I wish I was naive again because all this wouldn't be so hard. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the government, like, mm-hmm. it, it, it happen, becomes it harder. Like, it can make you, like, paranoid. Because mm-hmm. you know they, they tapping into the phone. You, you know, know it. You know like, yeah, and when I would hear something on them, I'm like, child, you know they're tapping into the, to the line. Go ahead and finish saying what you were saying. Then you don't hear it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like you got, and that's why I was saying the other day, you got to call out some shit. Mm-hmm. You got to be bold enough to call some shit out. But when you're like calling I it did. out by yourself, and though, that's, like that's, that's the, where yeah. I was going with yeah, it. Like mentally, you're going to jump, but yeah. you feel like you, because I'm here in this space in my room, just sitting on the bed, minding my business. I want to do this. Wait, but I'm by myself. Right. Okay. 
So who can I call to do this shit with me? Mm -hmm. And then almost everybody around you is scared. Shitless. Like when we were having the issue with the rioting and all of that down here and, and in different states and cities and stuff and looting and all that, even peaceful protests that mm -hmm. turned bad, people were like, go at me. Oh, everybody like, mm -mm. some people was like, no, I ain't going out there shit. Y'all go yourself. But then you got some that was like, let's go, let's go. And you know? The, 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 the vision in that, what you had with some people, was what, what she said. We, when you know history, mm -hmm. I remember Selma crossing that bridge. Mm -hmm. And I didn't personally experience it, but I read it. And um, do I want to deal with dogs biting me, water hoses water splatting hoses me up to the right. wall? Like, I do I want? <sighs> like, do um, I do want I really to wanna deal be with that? Eric Garner, do I really want? And we're not saying that we're against it, but we're trying to give you the the mentality of people who might have not participated in it. And mm -hmm. then you have the other ones that may look at it and say, "Hey, when you protest and you start burning ish up, they, that's how you get their attention." But that's how you ruin your neighborhood, too. That's how you ruin where you live, too. So it's like a real cross between the two dynamics. That's why I said um, the looting, the, the only real change, and I heard Killer Mike say this, and I thought it was very, very true. When they started hitting the police station, that's when they was like, oh, okay, um, arrest these officers. You got to think, think about it. The audacity to walk into a police station and you yeah. burn three of the mugs down. That mean one, the police was afraid because they saw all these masses of people out there. And that's what I was talking about with the government respecting the people. But it has to be enough people to be able to come together and unify to be able to do it. So when we talk about change in our community, like all these type of people we know from down south, but it go take more than just these individuals for a movement and an experience to actually bring forth true lasting change. And you know what the thing is with that being said, it also goes to skill set. When a, when a, when a white person decides to take our ass out, they got hackers. They have snipers. But so do we. But where they, where, you, right. but you get what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It, it's, but, but that comes at organization though. So real change has to come with an organized plan. It was an organized plan. Here's the great thing about that. You know, when they talk about the bus boycott, right? We, we like to throw the bus boycott in there as a form of protest, but people don't realize that, um, um, now since the late great, uh, John Lewis, um, rest in peace, one of the ancestors now, oh, yeah. um, they had when a, that man spoke, you listen. They had a strategy for their boycott. Okay. The protest was the last resort. Meet with the people. Give the people your plans. If the people don't identify or, or comply with what you're requesting, then you protest and hit them in the pocket. So what I'm saying now, in order for us to have to have real change to go on, we have to be organized. Yes. You can't be and out there just winging saying. it. And that's what I was saying. You have to. You We see you coming in numbers with your guns. Okay, you got your conceal. Mm -hmm. You got your like. Okay, got it. Okay, we see you marching and protesting. We see you that. We see you. Okay, we know you know how to use a gun from way up on top of that building. So we got a few snipers. Sniper. Okay, we know that we got um uh people waiting in the trenches, waiting to heal somebody or recover somebody because they can't go to the emergency room. That was all part of that movement. Yep. Okay, yeah, but we know. But where where the people at that when the government say okay, shut down building so and so, we got somebody at to jump in and interfere with that or even the resources even for the, our, resources. The, the money to save the these money. millionaires exactly. and y'all don't worry about nothing we we foot in the bill so y'all exactly. just send us the invoice and let us know what y'all need exactly. and that's and the, the banks, that part that's lacking. when they got our money in these banks okay well let's let's break them they're gonna do this and let's, let's go do to that. one bank okay United, well guess what black. 
guess what? We but that bank is protected by uh somebody who knows how to protect that money so nobody can get in, not even the government. But even on that sense, why not empower you know, we got we got a black bank here in South Florida. Yeah, one bank, one bank United. United. And you I know? and I actually have an appointment to go and um open I actually have an appointment um, next week to go and create an account for all of my children and myself because I got a mass email from someone who knows, Dope. not email, a text message for me and my family to go down there because, you know, to boost it up. This yeah. is how you empower the people. This is how like, you empower you, you people. And that to. bank has been around for years. And it's in the heart of the hood. It's in the heart and hood right over there. By the old uh, flea market that's not there anymore. Right. 79th Flea Market. So yeah, if you know about South Florida. By the new Walmart. I mean, you know, the new Walmart. Oh, please. Uh, wait, listen, I, our... Well, we know 79th Flea Market, okay? USA train <laughs> station. Right. Little man back want. there with the pizza <laughs> and, the car, and the little carousel or whatever. That's what we identify and with the in Black Miami. And the little man with the photo booth back there. You put on your little t-shirt, you know your rest in peace t-shirts. I used to get my locks retwisted over there. I actually got and them started over there. Everything, man, got the mangoes Yeah, I actually got my locks started there. All right, so let me ask you this. What should what should we right we us mm-hmm. people what should we do about the users in society? Call they ass out. Ooh. Call they ass out. If you see them, point them out. Hey. Call them out. Hey. Because a user gotta be you gotta show a user you know they're a user, and then they'll know who they could use and who they can't use. It's like calling the bully out to the score. Hey, exactly. you, you keep on doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm gonna fight Sock your ass. Sock you right in the mouth. And when I fight your ass, you're gonna know if you ever come at me again, we're gonna fight again. Because I'm tired of your bullying ass. And see, that's what we alluded to with earlier in our introduction. We started talking about the names Jada Page and Elena Washington and stuff like that. Yo, call these motherfuckers out that's oh, doing this gun oh. violence in our, in our communities. Oh, I'm right. sorry. It's not gonna change until we call this shit out. All right? Yeah. So, in order for us to. <laughs> Eric, like wind it up but in order for us to be able to to hold ourselves accountable in the hood you got to call out them nieces i mean them nephews and them cousins and them brothers and them ones you know that's out there they are out there in broad daylight shooting and now you have a little girl seven years old dead from a bullet in the head didn't even get to live her life you know a parent a parent losing their child is like a, one of the worst fears in the world nobody wants to bury their children you don't want to bury your mom but just imagine they have to bury your children they have not even seen what this world has to offer they were your next congressman they were your next senate you know these children are our future and if we don't protect them it's it's hard and we don't have a future and and if we corrupt them constantly corrupt these children with that mentality that it's okay and i'm gonna just tell your ass right now while we calling shit out pull your pants up Okay, pull your goddamn pants up because these girls finding that shit sexy and it ain't sexy and it ain't cute. I think we have a lack of pride for ourselves. And when once we get the pride back for our community, for first for self, when you wake up in the morning, they have pride for your community. That means you'll care about what happens in your community. So if you see things like this happening, you're gonna say something yeah. and you're going to be there to take care of the elders, which yeah. is another neglected part in our community. Yeah, so we have all these things that need to change, and we know that, but it comes from two things, misinformed and informed decisions. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, we have to inform ourselves to be able to make right decisions. But if you don't know the history, like we said earlier, you are bound to fail. repeat it. And repeat, repeat and fail. And you have to you have to know that Say you that again, are phone. repeat and fail. What you have to understand is you are stronger than you you really. You are stronger you than are what stronger they told you, what you you are. What you, the reason they keep belittling you is because they know how powerful you are. Right. 
So when the day you wake up to realize your worth and and, and the power that's already within you, and that's not coming from nobody else validating you, that's going to come from one day you waking up and realizing that no matter what nobody else says or nobody or no matter what nobody else has said in the past, you powerful than a motherfucker. Right. That's what I was going to say. You are powerful than you believe you are. Trust me. You think that ju- just you, that one fighting for something ain't nothing? Trust me. You fighting for one, somebody watching you fight, they going to want to fight too. And somebody watching them going to gonna fight also. And, you know, our children see us do everything else. Why they can't see us fight for what we believe exactly. for? They see us getting ready for an event. They see how pretty we look. They see how exactly. handsome we look. Why they can't see us getting all dressed up to go fight for a cause or go vote or go find something that we really could be, you know, stand proud for? You know what I'm saying? So our children are watching. And believe it and believe it or not, our children's friends are watching. And I have had a lot of children, even if it's not my own children that were able to learn anything from me, which I'm sure they have, their friends can say, you know, Miss T, thank you for that. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Indirect, indirect You know influence. what I'm saying? And, and, and it lets you know, wow, I only saw this kid for like two minutes in the other day, and I didn't even realize right. he knew that you're, you're or he saw that. Well, what you're doing, you're challenging them, and you're giving them a reason to push forward. Yeah. And sometimes I, I think I had it written down. I think it, what did it say? Uh, naive gives permission for ignorance. So some people like to stay in the ignorance and stay naive because that's the excuse not to be active. Yep. Right. So, know. right. So they feel like if I know what we talked about, you got to be held accountable for it. So mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll leave you all with this. Cause we could go into this all day long. And I don't know what's you got to say after this, but I got to say this. All y'all boasting about going to jail, toting these guns, looking hard in the hood. I heard an elder woman say something that stuck with me for years, and I want to say this to you all. If you're going to go to jail, if you're going to get in trouble, let it be for a cause and not just because. Let that simmer in. You got anything else, Tati, on that? No, I ain't got nothing else to say. You know, you all, you know, profound and shit, you know. All I want to say is, hold, I'm just going to say hold yourself accountable when you decide to hold someone else accountable because you cannot blame anybody for that trigger that you pulled but you. All right, y'all. We know we can stay here all day, but we're about to go ahead on and transition to our next segment, Memoirs of a Mama. Yes. Hello. All right, now we're at the portion of this show where we talk about memoirs of a mama. They get to express how they feel as being a mother or a mother figure in someone's life. Now I have a story. It's a really cute story. So I have a five-year-old and she is absolutely amazing. She decided to come into my life 11 years after my last daughter. Yes, she decided to come when I didn't even expect her to come. But I know why she's here now, fully know her purpose in my life. So we're sitting there and I'm just sitting on my bed like I normally do, just chilling or whatever during this pandemic. (laughs) And she walks up to me and she's in my purse. And I got an issue with people going to my purse. But, you know, I'm like, what's she looking for? Like, did she leave her toy in my purse or something? So she's in my purse and she's just digging and digging and digging. I'm like, what are you looking for? And she's really digging like she's looking for something. So I'm like, girl, get out of my purse. What are you doing? Get out of my bag, swag. So she's looking and she's looking. 
And I said, what you looking for? Just get out my bag. She says, mom, I'm looking for something fabulous. I said, what? And I just started laughing. I said, what you looking for? She said, something fabulous. Because I know you have something fabulous in this bag because you are fabulous. And I was so happy, smiling from ear to ear to hear her say that. And eventually she pulled out my lip gloss and say, see, I told you, you got something fabulous. But in the storyline of this all, I just wanted you guys to realize your kids are watching you. And women and moms, I want you to take the opportunity to take care of yourself. Give yourself some time. You deserve it. Give yourself just as much time or a little bit more than you normally do for your children. Because now you give so much time to your children. We give so much time to our jobs. We hardly take care of ourselves. But trust and believe your children are watching. And when they're watching something and they see that they're proud of their mother and they're proud of the accomplishments and they see how beautiful they look when they walk out the door, you should be your child's first inspiration. And I felt like such an inspiration to my child. And yes, I do love being fabulous. It is not a secret and it is natural. And this is just who I am. And it's so funny. That is just who she is. So I want you guys to encourage yourselves today to have yourself become an inspiration to your children and know that they are always watching. Trust and believe. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now we know what time it is. This is the third edition of Diary of a Dad. I remember growing up hearing sounds like, there's no such, such word as can't. You bought it on yourself. You better know that school work like you know those songs lyrics. I don't care what everybody else got on their test. I'm not their parent. And here's the one that hit the hardest. Everything you do as a child, you'll have to deal with as a parent. Mm, mm, mm. Like myself, many of us probably laughed when we heard these things growing up. But lo and behold, as a father, I find myself in a position where I once used to say, I'll never say that to my child. And now I find myself saying and doing some of the same things that were said to me. But here's the difference. I didn't have a present father in my life. And many fathers listening right now, you may not have had a father in your life or even a positive male figure growing up. But at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter right now. That child is here. And there's no pressing rewind in this thing called parenting. So to all my fellas, I know at times you may question some of the things you do and say. And that's a part of becoming a better parent throughout the process. But know this, you don't get a second chance to raise your kids. So go hard. Go hard in loving them, hug them, kiss them, tell them you love them. Go hard in providing for them. It doesn't matter if you have an executive job or if you're a janitor in the hallway sweeping and cleaning. Go hard in correcting them. Even when they're giving you those puppy dog eyes, it doesn't matter because you know it's going to benefit for the future. And most importantly, go hard in leading them. Be that example that they need. I believe in you, fellas. You can do it. Yo, what's going on? Y'all already know this is part of our show, our segment called Mind My Food. Food. This is our call to action after a main topic like that. Woo! Listen, we could talk all day, but... We just don't want to send you home feeling like there's no solutions that you could apply in your real life. So... You you got the mind food? I got a mind food, but I want you to go ahead first because I'm just going to put a little something on the end. I ain't got that much to say tonight. All right, you know what? I, I got a little something. I'm going to open up with a quote. 
We are born helpless, completely dependent on others to eat, get around, and be protected. Eventually, we end up in old age, again helpless and dependent. So the beginning and the end of our lives are dependent on others. We don't get to choose who brings us into this world, but a big part of who helps us in the end depends on the people who you choose to be in your life while you are independent, with the power to choose, knowing the type of people who you're dealing with, knowing the people who you allow in your space of peace, knowing the people who you allow to see you with your guards down. I know it says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But in this instance, you have to be careful with dealing with people who can control their words and hide a wicked heart. Don't be afraid to question people on what they do and say. Brushing it off now will leave you with a bruised heart later. The worst decision is a misinformed decision. Whereas a lot of us grew up being told not to question certain things, I believe you should question everything, especially people who have any level of effect in your life. Question, please. Mm. Y'all hear them little snaps in the background? I feel like a poetic brother just said something. All right, now, I just want to just say a few words. Now, I just want you all to do me a favor. Stop and really think about who you truly are and how you can change yourself and create change. Now, change is a part of life. Change comes to anyone whether they want it to or not. But evolution and growth is on you. You have to decide where you want to be. Where will you be in the next five years or 10 years? No one else can truly tell you what that is but you. Change begins with you. Change begins in us. So I encourage you all to take time to make time for change. And with that being said, we want to thank y'all for joining us for another show, episode three. Episode three. Yes, things change, yes. but things stay the same. Mm -hmm. So after y'all finish checking out this episode, y'all go ahead over and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at No Titles Necessary. And follow us on Twitter at where? No Titles Podcast. And if you have any questions or you have anything you want to ask us, or you just want to make comments or big us up and talk your shit about us, we'll be there waiting at No Titles Necessary Podcast at gmail.com. All right, yo. We're going to holler at y'all next time. Make sure y'all tune in for episode four. We're going to yes. be back. Be easy and be out. Peace. Yo, woke up feeling good, feeling better. Thank God for this weather. What you want to do today? Yo, whatever, whatever. I be talking to myself because I know I get her. Yo, she dope and I love her. You would too if you met her. You be stupid to let her slip out of your vision. She be on the next flight for you see that she missing. And I know you don't get it. I just need you to listen. Yo, never let a nigga mess with your intuition, man. I don't listen to what people say.